What's going on, family? This is Pastor Sergio Chavez, the lead pastor of one of the most incredible churches on the planet called Hope Center. And I'm so glad that you're tuned in to the Hope Center podcast. This is your place for inspiration, encouragement, and empowerment. And I'm especially glad that you're tuned in to today's message. I'm sharing principles from scripture on how to come out of the cave of discouragement and walk and live a life full of victory. So I hope that you're blessed by this message. Let us know how you were blessed. Write us, email us, DM us. I can't wait to hear from you. So until next time, peace, love, and God bless. Let's go to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 22 verse 1 through 5. 1 Samuel chapter 22 verse 1 through 5. Do me a favor once again, share this with somebody. Share this with somebody. When you have it, say, I have it. All right. 1 Samuel chapter 22 verse 1 through 5. The scripture reads and says, David departed from there and escaped to the cave of Abdullam. And when his brothers and all of his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt And everyone who was bitter in soul gathered to him. Ain't that a crew to have? (laughs) Distressed in debt and bitter in soul. They said, let's all get together. And the scripture says he became the commander over them. And there were with him about 400 men. Verse 3 says, and David went from there to Mispeh of Moab. And he said to the king of Moab, please let my father and my mother stay with you till I know what God will do for me. And he left them with the king of Moab and they stayed with him all the time that David was in the stronghold. Someone say stronghold. Then the prophet Gad said to David, do not remain in the stronghold. (laughs) He said, depart and go into the land of Judah. So David departed and went into the forest of Hareth. Someone say, I'm coming out of the cave of discouragement. Would you just type that on the chat, light that chat up and help me preach. Say, I'm coming out of the cave of discouragement. One day the devil was auctioning off his tools and they were highly priced. He had laziness for sale. He had pride, hate, jealousy, and envy on display. But one tool was not for sale. And one person asked, why is that tool not for sale? And Satan whispered, I can't afford to get rid of that one. It's my chief tool. It's my best tool. It's called the tool of discouragement. Because once I pry discouragement into someone's heart, I can do anything I want with them. See, discouragement leads us into a stronghold. 
discouragement once it enters our heart and once we dwell in it it can have us divided from the purpose of God it can have us distant and disconnected and if you've lived long enough you'll face some discouragement if you've been married long enough I wish I had somebody you will face discouragement if you've been a parent for any time there will be moments of discouragement if you've if if if, if you've ever had a job or if you've launched a business there will be moments of discouragement if you've ever seriously served the Lord you will face moments of discouragement no one is exempt from the storm of discouragement but there is a difference between having thoughts of discouragement and going through moments of discouragement and living in discouragement and it's very easy to go through discouragement and then begin to dwell on the discouragement and then you begin to live in that discouragement when you wake up in the morning all you see is hey when you're eating your lunch you're looking around and all that you meditate think on is your discouragement when you go to bed at night there's no praise there's no worship there's no prayer there's discouragement because it's very easy from just going to having a moment of discouragement to then living in discouragement and the enemy knows that is a dangerous weapon that he has against your life but today I came to serve notice on discouragement today see see there have been people that for far too long have been living in that cave or in that stronghold of discouragement and today I just want to call somebody out of that place because you've been in there far too long it's been some days now it's been some weeks now it's been some months some of y'all it's been years now they mom can I just really talk about it? You got, you, you got the decor in that, in that cave. You got decorations in that cave. You got your plasma TV already set up. You got your, you got your, you got your, your, your couch there. You got your couch there just beautifully displayed in that cave. You just living in that thing. But today I want to just knock on somebody's door on behalf of the Lord and say, hey, you've been living in here for far too long. I think it's time for you you <laughs> ah, I think it's time for somebody to come out of that place if anybody knew about discouragement it was King David <laughs> a man the scripture says after God's own heart but yet he faced discouragement the context of first Samuel can I teach a little bit the context of 1 Samuel chapter 22, we have now seen David experience being anointed, being purposed and called, but he was in a place of transition between the place of, of obscurity to a place of, no, of notoriety. And so we see that he was anointed. We see that Samuel calls him forth even when he was ignored and he, wasn't, he didn't seem or appear to be the person that would be king, but yet God saw fit because man looks at the outside, but God sees the heart and so he saw the heart of worship and a heart that was committed and loyal and faithful even while you while David was in the pasture he saw the faithfulness he called him out he anointed him and then you know the story you learned this back in the day in Bible in Bible school and in Sunday school you learned the story that then he had to he had to face the giant and we see that after he slayed the giant named Goliath uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit then we see that he experienced high fame <laughs> 
he experienced the glory he experienced the high after after preaching to somebody he experienced the high after after business was booming he experienced the high of going from a place of being hidden in the pasture to now being known and having a name and now everything that he ever desired wanted or needed was just on display for him so he went through a moment of experiencing the high fame the immediate fame he experienced a recent marriage he he experienced the dangers of the philistine he experienced attempts on his life he experienced having to run away as a fugitive he experienced a brief moment it was brief but intense of being backslidden where where his heart was just disconnected and he was fighting with his relationship with God and we also see a dramatic turn and so now here he is he went from a high moment to now in chapter 22 he's in a cave See, that may, may not mean anything to you, but, but there's somebody on the chat that's been in that season before that you experienced a high. You experienced the mountain and God, but then you get hit with something that was unexpected, with something that was unprecedented, a tax that came out of nowhere and you didn't do nothing to deserve it. At least you think. You're like, God, why me? God, why now? God, I've been tithing. I've been faithful. God, I've been serving. Why me? Why now? And David experience the fame the notoriety everything he wanted and needed but he's in a cave now you ever had that experience where you went from the high place into hiding in a cave the scripture says that he departed he was running for his life he was in the cave of abdullah and then in that place he was met with 400 people that were distressed that were spiritually bankrupt and that were bitter in soul or discontented see when you begin to live in a stronghold or in that cave of discouragement you will find yourself mentally distressed you will find yourself spiritually bankrupt you will find yourself emotionally discontented the scripture says it this way bitter in soul See, when you begin to live in that stronghold, see, your stronghold or your cave may not be physical. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you know about a mental cave. You know about a spiritual cave that you've been hiding in. You know about that place that you've been running away from ministry because you thought, you thought uh, that ministry was going to go one way and then all of a sudden you got attacked or you got offended and now you're wounded and you're hiding in a cave. And what begins to happen is you begin to build these strongholds and you're living in a cave and now you're distant, you're disconnected and you're divided and you're not, see when you're in a stronghold, can I, can I, can I really preach about this? When you're in a stronghold, see the term stronghold, the term stronghold literally meant a cave. It was literally a fortress. That's the way that they protected themselves in ancient days so they were literally built by brick by brick or they by layer by layer they will build literal strongholds or fortresses or caves so that they can keep things or people out and they can stay in isolation within and 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 oftentimes we build our own strongholds in our minds it was supposed to be just a moment of discouragement but that moment became a season and that season became the story and the narrative of your life that place of being in a cave a stronghold and you will find yourself emotionally disconnected bitter in your soul you ever experienced that in that cave but someone say it's time for somebody to come out it's time for somebody to come out 
See, I want to let, I just want to prophesy to somebody, you were not meant to live and stay in that cave. I know that you were looking to sign the contract so that you can permanently lease that place. But I want to serve eviction notice. I want to let you know that you were not meant, you were not called, you were not purposed. You were not designed. You were not born to live in that place. You were born to fulfill the call and the purpose of God over your life. You were called to live according to design of God and his word, his will and his way for your life. You were not called to live with bitterness in your soul, to be discontented, to be spiritually bankrupt, but you were called to come out of that place so that you can witness and declare the good and the faithfulness of God. You were born for such a time as this. It's time to come out of that place, but we've got to overcome. The first thing you've got to understand about that place of discouragement, about that cave called discouragement, is the only way that we can overcome that is when we understand that our identity is not measured by our successes or failures. We often get discouraged when we place too much stock or value in our successes or our failures. And the, the event of failure, because failure is simply an event. It's just a moment. It's just temporary. And oftentimes we make that event our identity. And so when we, when we face our failures, then we begin to think, I am a failure. We begin to think, I no longer belong to God. I'm no longer called. I'm no longer purpose. And when we place our value and our identity like the world does, like culture does, like society does, because the world places identity in what you have and, 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 and how much of it do you have. They place value in, in, in how popular you are. They place value in, in what you can offer and the things that you do. And so oftentimes when we're not, we don't have enough of X, Y, Z, then we begin to feel like failures and, that's, and we place our identity in that thing. But I want to let somebody know that our success for those who are believers is not in what we do, what we offer, or how much of it that we have. It's in our obedience to the Lord. Scripture says that he, he rathers for us to have obedience over sacrifice. The scripture says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. It means that our success in God, greatness in God, is not in our ability. It's not, in, it's not in what we can offer. It's not in what we do or what we don't do. It's in the greatness of our God. Our identity is rooted in something far greater. And we were purchased. I want to let somebody know that you and I were purchased at a precious price. The most expensive cost and price. It's the precious blood of the living Jesus. Our identity is not in what I did well or what I didn't do well. My identity is that I am a child of the living God and I walk daily living that I am his. My identity is rooted in Christ Jesus and what he says about me, that's what I value the most. So oftentimes our identity, we place it on the external and so what happens is whether it's our successes or our failures and then we begin to lean in and just focus on those things we place value our identity on external things but the Lord is reminding somebody to look into the internal to look at the Holy Spirit within to look at the call of God to look in the scripture so that you can find your identity because it is rooted in Christ Jesus 
And when you are rooted in Christ Jesus, hmm, baby, whether I'm up, ooh, I wish I had time, or whether I'm down, whether business is booming, or whether I'm not making the sales, whether, whether I have plenty or I don't have anything. That's why Paul was able to say in Philippians chapter 4, verse 10 to 13. See, we all quote verse 13. I can do, what does it say? <laughs> you remember back in Sunday school, uh, I can do all the things in Christ. They will make you do little plays and you can recite that verse. It was your favorite verse. And then in Spanish, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to quote that, but do you understand the context in which the apostle Paul wrote that in? <laughs> see, see, we can all declare, I can do all things through Christ. But what's the context? In verse 10, it says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content in whatever the circumstance. It says, I know what it is to be in need. And I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether I'm well fed or whether I'm hungry, whether I'm living in plenty or in want, I can do all things. See, there's some people that are not, that are not catching it. But I want to just let you know, the reason why this man was able to make that bold declaration is because his identity wasn't tied to the miracles that he did or at the times where he wasn't able to perform miracles. Uh, his identity wasn't tied to how popular he was or whether people were validating or affirming him. See, you get discouraged when you're waiting for people to validate who you are. You get discouraged when you're waiting for people to pat you on the back and rub your shoulder and say, man, that was wonderful. Ain't nobody do it like you, man. You held it down. And, and we, get, we get too caught up in those things. It feels good to be affirmed, but I want to let somebody know that even when people don't affirm you that, e that even when people overlook you that even when people ostracize you or reject you I want to let you know that at the end of the day your identity is rooted on the Lord Jesus so whether you tell me I got it or I don't baby I know who I am I know whose I am. I know what he's called me to. And my identity is grounded and rooted on that. Whether I have plenty, he said. Whether I'm in need. Whether I'm well fed. Whether I'm living with, and I, and I got it. <laughs> he said, I can do all things in Christ who gives me strength. He's saying, I can make it through this time of discouragement. When I focus that in him, I've got everything I need. Let me know if you're receiving this on the chat. Help me out on the chat. Let me know if there's anybody out there that's rooted in Christ Jesus. Let me know on the chat if I'm talking to somebody today. See, you're able to declare that and you're able to make that declaration and say, I can do all things, all things, all things. I can make it through discouragement. Through who? Through him who gives me the strength. In order to overcome, I'm doing the best I can. In order to overcome discouragement, you must tear down the stronghold of discouragement. 
David hid in the cave of Abdullah. The term Abdullah means refuge. So David found refuge in a cave of discouragement. He made a cave of discouragement his safe haven. He was seeking comfort and rest in discontent, in bitterness, in spiritual bankruptcy. He made a home with misery. And you know how the saying go, misery loves. 400 of them came through. They hit up David like, listen, man, you bitter too? Let's, let's talk about it. Let's get together. Let me, I'm going to pull up. I'm going to pull up with the crew. About 300 and some just rolled up. They said, let's just all get together. It ever happened to you when you're in that place of bitterness? Other bitter people, they just, they just start flocking to you. And then you get into a place where, where you look at people who are living in the spirit and you start opposing them and you're saying, that ain't real. That ain't real. They frightened. They faking that. See, see, when, see when, you're, when you're living in the realm of emotion and in your soul, it's very difficult to live in the spirit. In fact, it's nearly impossible. Scripture says if you, if you are living in the flesh, you will carry out the works of the flesh. But when you are living in the spirit, you will fulfill the desires of the Holy Spirit. But see, that's why we are the trichotomy, the trichotomy of man is that we are body, we are soul, and we are spirit. And what happens is God desires us to live out of the place of our spirit. But then when we begin to live out of the realm of our soul, we're led by our emotions. <laughs> So our emotions and the thoughts in our mind, the mental strongholds, those are the things that dictate the behaviors, the actions, the attitudes, and the words that we speak. Because now we're coming out of the place of our soul that needs to be transformed, sanctified, and restored by the Holy Spirit. So God desires for those who are believers to live out of the place of the Spirit. But when we are in the flesh, we're living in our feelings, as Pastor Friend mentioned last week. And then what happens is we begin to build our home out of our emotions. Nah, I want bitterness right here. Let me, let, me, let, me, let me decorate my place here. I want some discotent right there. <laughs> I want some frustration. I want some anger right here. You're living in the cave of Abdullah, a refuge. So what happens is people get comfortable in that cave. People get comfortable. They, then you hear, hear messages like that, as, amen but I'm comfortable right now. But there's somebody who's listening to me that you're tired of being sick and tired. As I'm ministering this message to you, you know that God has sent me as a prophetic voice into your life to let you know that you weren't destined to stay in that cave. And in order for you to overcome that place in which you're in, you've got to tear down the stronghold. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 and 5. Look at what the scripture says. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the what? The flesh. But divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. I'm reading from the NASB. We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking what? Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. The apostle Paul knew 
that many perhaps were not in physical strongholds, fortresses, or caves, but they will have mental barriers that wouldn't allow them to see past their current season. Mental fortresses that will block out the purpose of God and will keep people within that cave, that stronghold of isolation and frustration. So he's saying, in order for you to come out of that place, you've got to understand that the, the, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful. So here it is, you're trying to overcome a spiritual battle with your flesh. You're trying to come overcome something spiritual with emotion. He's letting you know the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. In other words, whatever stronghold you've built in your mind, he's not saying, listen, he's not saying somebody's going to destroy that fortress or that barrier, that stronghold for you. You've got to tear it down in the spirit. <laughs> You've got to take action. You've got to get tired and call upon the name of the Lord that is a strong tower and those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Those that call on the power of the Holy Spirit that was given unto us on the day of salvation. We've got to lean in into the power of the Holy Ghost so that we can overcome those mental barriers. He's saying tear them down that furniture you got in that cave you got to tear it down you ever torn down some furniture you ever felt good just Yeah, you know how good it feels in the natural, but, but some of y'all need to do it in the spiritual. There's some furniture, there's some, there's some couches, there's some TV, there's some things in the spiritual. We're in your cave, you've gotten comfortable with it, and it's time for you to tear it down. Those thoughts, those patterns, those systems of thinking, you've got to tear it down. That thinking that you don't belong, you've got to tear it down. That thinking that you are not called, you've got to tear it down. That thinking that you are not enough you've got to tear it down that thinking that you are not purpose for ministry you've got to tear it down that that thinking in your mind that says you will not accomplish the destiny God has for you you've got to tear it down that frustration you've been living with you've got to tear it down that stagnation you've got to tear it down how do we tear it down it says we are destroying speculations in other words thoughts patterns of thinking that's why Romans chapter 12 says that it says do not be conformed to the patterns of this age the system of thinking don't conform to that but be transformed by the renewing of your mind how is our mind renewed here it is it says it says we are destroying every thought raised up against the knowledge of God we're taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ whenever one of those discouraging thought comes you better take up uh, I feel like preaching this thing I know they left me in my living room but I, I got somebody right there in the house there's somebody look when that thought comes to you this week that wants to knock you down that wants to discourage you that wants to set you back you better take some spiritual authority and you better say in the name of Jesus I rebuke every thought that wants to set me back every thought that wants to limit me every thought that wants to hinder my relationship with God I said I've been out for three weeks. Excuse me, but I feel like preaching this thing today. 
It says we take every thought captive. If it, here it is, if it does not align with the word of God, it's not a thought that you should dwell on. If I see a discrepancy between my thinking and the scripture, I've got to get rid of that thinking. We take it captive. In other words, what is captive? You've got to arrest. You've got to bind every thought that doesn't align with the thinking of God. You've got to arrest that thinking. I'm broke. I'm no good. I'm just a sinner. I'm never going to amount to anything. God doesn't love. That doesn't align with the word. That's why you've been in that cave, but somebody's going to tear that thinking down. So I've got to align my thinking to the word of God. And when I begin to speak, not just positive words. <laughs> so I'm going to overcome discouragement just by looking within. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to... I just, there's no shade. I'm just speaking the truth. Just, uh, and, and, the, and the deeper you look within, the, the deeper you're hiding in the cave. <laughs> See, there are some things that you're not going to be able to overcome with just simply good thoughts. There are some things that you're not going to be able to overcome by looking within. <laughs> there are some things, baby. Can I talk about this? You're, gonna have, you're, gonna, you're, you're only going to be able to find in the scripture. You're only going to be able to find from the spirit of the Lord. You're only going to be able to tear down by going to his word. For the scripture says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and powerful. Sharper than to any two-edged sword, piercing even the uh, into the division of soul and spirit, joint and marrow, and it is a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. Thoughts and intent, soul and spirit. So it is when I begin to align myself with the Word of God, I'm able to discern. Oh no, this is my flesh. <laughs> and then you're you're not looking at you're not looking at spiritual things as an opposition. Let me break this down. When you are living in the flesh, you take truth and you're offended by it. You hear a message and you're saying, he's attacking me. He's in my business. <laughs> but when you're in the spirit, you're able to be receptive to truth. But if you are not in the word of God, you're living out of the soul. But when you're in the word of God, you're able to discern this is soul and this is spirit. So then when something is happening in your household, when something is happening in your marriage, when your kids are acting up, when your spouse is acting up, you're like, oh no, this is the flesh, baby. And I'm going to fight this thing spiritually. And you're not going to argue with your words. You're not going to argue with complaints. You're not going to fight it in the natural. You're going to go to that prayer closet. You're going to look, no, no, what, the, what does the word say? I'm going to confront this thing in the spirit. Because the word is able to... <laughs> The thoughts, the intense joint marrow, soul, spirit is able to discern, is able to pierce, is able to align everything. And so that you can live according to the mind of Christ. Did you know 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 says, we have been given the mind of Christ. You've not been given any mind. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 literally says, you've been given the mind of Christ. So here you are living with all these thoughts in your head when Jesus has already desired for you to live based on the mind of Christ. And what is the mind of Christ? It's the thinking that is aligned with the pattern of his word. You've got to tear it down. 
And once you tear down that furniture in that cave, <laughs> and once you kick some things over that you've just been comfortable with, anybody know what I'm talking about? You ever had to go and do just, just do a makeover in your place, a Mary Kondo situation where you just got a man and you just start throwing all types of things out? You ever, you, oh my, you ever just had something there in your house for years and, and you always told yourself and convinced yourself, you said, I need this. This, no, 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 I'm, here it is, the lie everybody tells us, I'm going to use this. <laughs> <laughs> that outfit don't fit you anymore. That jersey, you had it since Pee Wee League, and you still trying. Nah, but you know, it's just, and there's some things you got to get rid of, baby. There's some thinking you got to get rid of. There's some things that just been old and just been tired. Some conversation that you just, it's just getting old and it's getting tired. We done heard it time after time, baby. There's got to come a moment where you, listen, if I'm going through something, let me go through something new. Let me go through something different. Let me not keep going through the... Let me not keep going through the same old, same old. I'm tired of this t-shirt. I'm tired of this situation. Let, let me kick this thing out. Let me just go on and kick this thing out. <laughs> I've got to get rid of it. And once I tear down the furniture, I've got to actually come out of it. I've got to come out of the cave. I've got to come out. It's one thing to tear down the stronghold. But then you, you can't just stay in what you just tore down. Someone say you got to walk out. Ah, verse 5 in First Samuel. I'll just read it for you. It says, Then the prophet of God said to David, Do not remain in the stronghold. It says, Depart and go into the land of Judah. So David, what? Departed. The prophet gave him a word he said come out of that place and he had to take a step it's the same thing that happened and occurred over there in first and first kings chapter 18 and 19 when when elijah was fleeing away and he hid in a cave after a threat he had experienced the high of ministry and now he was facing a threat he was exhausted in the press scripture says he went fleeing into a cave but the angel said to him the prophetic instruction and word said to him, Arise, eat and drink, for the journey is too great. The same thing happened over there in Judges with Gideon when the children of Israel were in fortresses, in strongholds, because they were overtaken by the Midianites. And the scripture talks about that they were hiding in these caves. But the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, You mighty man of valor. He said, I'm weak. My people are weak. He said, Go in the strength that you have. The prophetic word and instruction came at the moment that these men were in the cave. And the prophetic instruction is coming to you now to let you know you've got to arise. You've got to eat. You've got to drink. You've got to go in the strength that you have. You've got to depart and come out of that cave. Jesus, my family. Scripture says in Revelations 19.10, I'm just referencing it. Revelations 19.10 says, Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> As the prophetic instruction came in the Old Testament, now Jesus is giving somebody by the spirit in this hour prophetic instruction and saying, come out of that place. And go from the cave into the land called Judah. The land of Judah 
If you know Hebrew terminology, you will know that Judah means praise. So he's saying, depart from that cave of discouragement. And I need you to get up and move. You've been in that place too long. Your feet started getting a little too planted in that place. But you've got to depart and leave that place of the soul and step into the place of the spirit. You've got to leave that place of discontent and go into a place called praise. That's why scripture says in Psalm 42, 5, it says, David was speaking to himself. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. The cave to Judah. Bitterness, discomfort, and discouragement to spirit. Praise. He says, why my soul, my thinking, my emotion, why are you downcast? He's literally speaking to him. You ever had to speak to yourself and say, why are you so discouraged? Ay, ay, ay. He said, why are you so disturbed within me? He's, he's talking to himself. You ever had to prophesy to yourself? He's telling himself, put your hope in God. I will yet, Judah, praise him, my Savior and my God. Deuteronomy 121 says, look, the Lord your God has set the land before you. Go up and possess it. The Lord God of your fathers has spoken to you. Do not fear or be discouraged. Can I tell somebody? (laughs) You've got to leave that cave and go into a place called praise. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that to somebody gets that in the spirit. I'm going to get that to somebody types that on the chat. I'm leaving the cave and I'm entering praise. I'm leaving the cave and I'm entering praise. I'm leaving the soul realm and my emotions and I'm entering the spirit. I'm leaving this frustration and I'm placing my hope in God. Is there anybody that's got a praise in this house that could just, matter of fact, Can we do something? Can we just take about 15 seconds here in my house to give God a praise break if he's been good to you right there in your living room? Would you just stir up some praise in your house and leave the place of ah, of discouragement and enter the place of praise? Hallelujah. Oh, come on. I know you can praise better than that. You can praise better than that. Ah, you can praise better than that. I'm leaving the cave. I'm leaving the cave. Everything that has breath, praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Everything that has breath, praise the Lord. If you got breath in your lungs, there's a reason to praise him. Oh, but, but, but Pastor, you don't know what happened to me. Uh, I did, they called me. They said this. They gave me the report. They gave me the bill. All of this and all of that. Leave the place of discouragement. Oh, but Pastor. But Pastor, such and such, they don't like me. 
<laughs> but pastor, they told me they're going to fire me. Oh, but pastor, my wife is sleeping on the couch. And you're trying to argue and fight this thing in the natural. And as long as you keep fighting the battle with the wrong weapons, baby, your weapon is praise. I wish I had somebody that had that kind of faith. Can I just, can I, can I just testify? Can I testify? There have been seasons where I don't see with my natural eyes how I'm going to make it out. But all of a sudden, I begin to praise. I don't have to wait until the battle is over. Baby, when I go to the land of Judah, I know that I can praise right now where I am. And as I begin to praise in the spiritual and war in the spiritual, I know that in the natural, I'm going to see a victory. I prophesy over somebody that as you praise in the spirit, you're going to see victory in the natural. Even though you haven't seen it with your physical eyes, as you enter the land of Judah, the Lord will begin to open up your eyes to see that he will make a way out of no way. My God, I feel your glory. Yes. 